and welcome to Literarily Wasted. My name is Talia. And I'm Chrissy. I'm Adam. Hi. Oh. And Adam's <laughs> going to go do something real quick. Hi. So welcome back. This is our second live stream and final live stream for Good Omens. So you know what that means. We're going to talk about the whole book. So if you haven't Look, read it, we're either going to spoil it for you or convince you to read it. Yeah. Hopefully. Right? Sorry about that little technical glitch we had there. What happened? He didn't clear the intro video. So <laughs> you were just talking over the logo, which is awesome. That's It's fine. a cool logo. Okay. See? Somebody's, somebody's okay, you're gonna turn, turn the volume off. All and right. here, if y'all will give me one second, I'm gonna open your comments so that I can talk All right. to you. Jay made it. <gasps> Jay! Jay made it from what? England. Go to bed. No. What? I thought he, was, he had a long day. Yeah, I was wait. trying to be considerate. No, we want people to watch us. Hi, Mom. <laughs> hey, how do I open them all the way? Uh, They're not opening all the way. Whatever. You can see them, right? No, Ooh. I can only see like the most recent four. Okay, so we're here to talk about good omens. Um, yeah, so we finished hello to Jacksonville, Florida, by the way. There's like three people, no two, from Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, so we're all here. We're all here to talk about good omens. We finished the book. All of us. All of us, even Lucas. Lucas finished the book. Yay. There it is. Yay. So we gave him a microphone. You can, I do have a microphone. <laughs> you can actually hear him talk. Uh, second and Charles is paging somebody right now. A customer. Um, so, we finished the book, and really quick, now that we're all done with it, I mean, you heard our thoughts about the halfway point. Okay. What do you think? What are your thoughts about the book? Go, Christy. Yes, you start. I get it. Well, it was great. It's good omens. Um, so I read it before, like twice, and this time was really fun, too. Um, I feel like I've changed a lot since the last time I read it, so I have, like, different reactions to things, and I had, like, different patience for different things, and it was really interesting to see kind of how I felt about it versus, like, the last time I re read it, and the first time I read it, which I was just absolutely in love with it, and I still love it. It's still really, really great. I was about to say, so since you were rereading it, did you catch a lot of things that you might have missed on previous reads? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, it, the last time I read it was a long time ago, so I'd forgotten a lot of things. And last time in our last live discussion, y'all mentioned how Elvis popped back up and being able to follow Elvis's thread through like the book and like the three different places he was in was very new to me and I loved that. That was really great. Okay, wait, I have a quick question because I only caught him in Two places. Where was the third? The third was when War was doing the game with the bikers in the bar, and it's like, what year did Elvis die? <gasps> that's, that's right, the trivia. Yeah. Okay, so he I got it. there, but he was like a big part of the story. He was mentioned. Yeah. So Talia. Yes. What did you think of the book? This is your first time reading it. Yes, okay, so my first time reading this book. Um, I loved it. I was nervous because there was so much hype. And I feel like quite often when you go into it with these high expectations, I had heard so many things about it. Um, I was like, okay, what if to me it doesn't live up to that? What if you just expect something amazing from it? And then it just ends up being like a good book. <clears throat> but I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I will say it's probably, 
I've probably gotten into a comfortable place with what I've been reading lately where this is the first thing I've read in a while where I had to really pay attention and felt like it kind of challenged me a little bit. I had to focus or I was going to miss things. So that was nice and also made me realize I've been reading some junk lately. But um, I really dug it. It made me more excited to watch the show, honestly. So Cool. Well, that's all. That's what all did, nice. That's well, nice. I want to know what you thought about it because last time you seemed to be struggling to keep up with it. Okay, so I finished it. <laughs> I finished the book. And what was interesting was that the place that we stopped on Saturday was like, it was like the end of one book and then it started like a completely separate book almost like after Saturday. It was like the whole book changed drastically. I mean, the whole second half of the book is basically, basically Saturday and Sunday is an epilogue. I found the second half of the book a lot easier to follow than the first half of the book um, because it seemed a lot more linear and like there were some, still some tangents, but it wasn't like tangents and we're jumping all over the place. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. But, <laughs> um, but it was still, so I had a lot of, I don't know, I had a lot of issues with the way that it flowed, and we can talk a, lo a little bit more about this when we get into some of the details of the book, but um, I felt like there was a lot of, like, wait to get there, like, a lot of just, like, we're going, like, the most of the second half of the book is, like, we're going to get there, it was, like, this like literally everybody was everybody's, on their way to yeah. the same place for like most of the yeah, second Yeah, everybody's just going. Gosh, it just kept building and building yeah. and building and the, building. Yeah, that's that's what I felt, you know, and I was like, <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. You're on your way to the airbase. Get, just get there. <laughs> I had a moment of panic when they all get to the airbase, but they're all coming at it from different directions. And I was like, if they miss each other, if there oh. is not some form of interaction at the airbase, if they all just do their thing and miss each other, I'm gonna lose it. I needed there to be confrontation. Matt Scalisi says, it's about the journey, not the destination, Adam. <laughs> like, <laughs> clearly, it is all about the journey. <laughs> because the destination was like four pages. <laughs> um, but, but that said, I, I laughed a lot more in the second half of the book because I wasn't trying so hard to like just keep up so I felt like I was getting the jokes when I was supposed to be getting them whereas the last time we had a discussion I was like I get the jokes but like four pages later when I have to <laughs> then go back and reread the joke and I'm like <laughs> how do we know that's not just you you don't okay but maybe through this process you'll learn a little bit about me maybe I'll learn a little bit about myself Oh my gosh. And Lucas, what did you think about Yeah, Lucas finished the Lucas book. Lucas read the book. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I read the book, and I, I have This uh, is the first book that he's camera. read this year. Look at the people. So. The, we got, look, we got, what, one, two, three, like 5,000 people here in the store tonight. It's really awesome. And someone's so. eating Thai food, and it smells incredible. Yeah, we got, I'm so jealous. It's awesome. It's like, a, we've got a little, little family here. We're in Hoover, Alabama, at uh, the Second and Charles here, but, um, I like the book. I did. I like the book. Okay, but do I have a support group here, Lucas? I, 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 yeah. So, so here's my thing with British humor. It's like I've got to, I got to clear my ears. It's like it's like trying to, uh, for me, like watch Shakespeare or anything. It takes a little bit of tuning, and so you have to kind of like tune yourself to the humor and how it's written. And so, 
just watch did, Top Gear for a few days and then uh, go back. No, this, this is different. And I think the way that, that it was written where it jumped around, it, it, it's like it took me a while to figure out the formula of the book and how they were going before I was like, oh, okay, I get it. And, once, and, and I agree with Adam. Like, once it hit Saturday, it was like, oh, we're steamrolling now and it's really moving. And so I really enjoyed that second part. So, so this is kind of... I'm jumping around a little bit. I hope you can follow. Um, <laughs> once we picked back up, I went back home right after our live stream and immediately started reading again. And for me, it was kind of a jarring moment. The last delivery, I've been following the delivery man because I loved this bit and I was interested mm -hmm. in seeing where it went. And I was like, what is the purpose? What's happening? Maybe I'm not as familiar with revelations as I should be and I don't get this part. Um, but the last delivery <laughs> to death, I read it and went, <gasps> and then I went back two pages and read it again and was like, <gasps> and so that stuck with me. And then Lucas and I were talking about this the other night. He comes back, right? It is the same delivery man in the very end. Yeah, Am I? Yeah. Well, okay. Adam tries to put everything back to the way it was because he brings back the bookstore okay. and he brought back Coley's car. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff that he like brings back. Okay, I was just making sure, and I was like, how are you? But I dug it. I just wanted to confirm that was not something that I made up in my mind. Okay, let's see. So, uh, <laughs> Jean loves your Scrabble pajamas. We're Thank all wearing you. pajamas, by the way, um, because why not? we want to get comfortable, and we want you to get comfortable. The, the people in the audience, sorry, we didn't. Tell you to wear pajamas. Next time. <laughs> Next, Next time. time. Game on. I do like so your Finer Things Club t-shirt. Appropriate. Um, but, you know, so you, you mentioned the thing about the delivery man in the end. I think I was just, like, excited to be done reading the book. I was like, I finished the book. And then I just kind of, like, glossed over the end. Um, yeah, I didn't pick up that it was the same guy the entire time. I was like, okay, there's deliveries. Were, and then Tally was like, what about the what about the last delivery? And I was like, what? What? I mean, it makes me sense. Bit. How else do you make a delivery to death? But also, he just. <sighs> so I'm going to throw this out there just because I know I want to talk about it, but I want to hear everybody else talk about it first before I come in and tell you you're wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, let's talk about the characters in the book um, and their, their function <gasps> because, and I'll just, I'm just going to say this so you can argue with me. But um, as far as the function of the characters, I felt like there were a lot of sort of worthless characters in this book. And that's some pretty charged language, I know. I'm just saying, like, I'm just, you know, I'm fighting words, really. But, like um, who? Okay. Name so, them. So let's talk about, like, Newt Pulsifer and, uh, and Anathema and uh, Shadwell. And, like, let's talk about these people. You give me some looks. But, like, what did they do? I'm Ultimately. sorry. Are you... Are what? you saying that supporting characters have no relevance? I'm saying that these didn't. <laughs> but like, but but hear me out. What ultimately did they do? And somebody can chime in too. But like, other than each other. In the end, like they were just kind of. <laughs> sh sh Shadwell was like, oh, pit pit, like or his like whatever language he was using. He's like, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to use my finger to point at you, and it's nothing's, you know, I'm not going to do anything. And okay, then, but he thought that he had poofed Aziraphale. He thought Aziraphale was a demon and that he had poofed him yeah, he thought with he his did, hand. So he, he thought he had a magical hand because he was a witch hunter. But he actually didn't. No, he did not. He Spoiler he did. alert. This is a circle. 
but what did he actually do? Oh my god, that was so funny. Uh, that part, sorry. Did I miss that too? When, Aze <laughs> when Aziraphale accidentally crosses into the circle and yeah. is like... Oh, and he yeah, an F-bomb? Pooped yeah. him yeah. right away. And said a PG-13 one-time word. Yes, that was So Sasha Zana says, I think the point was that no one was really that important other than Adam. And that's what I got from that. It was like, nobody's important. But I just spent so much time reading about you. <laughs> and I want you to be important. I think that's a matter of opinion. Also, I want to well, scroll way back up for a but. second, if I can find it, because Jay said something amazing that I super loved. And oh my god, it was forever ago. And where is it? Ah, did anyone notice it all happened on the sixth day, Saturday, and on the seventh day, Adam rested. Oh. Ooh. That's like a Bible, you guys. Yeah. Well, I also liked how I noticed in the first episode of the show, they, the narrator says that like it all began with an apple, like just how it ended. A garden. Oh yeah, with a garden. You're right. But it was also an apple yes. in the book. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. I love that circular idea. Like, okay, so people are making a point that they stopped the war, and I guess that's important. Did they? Did they? Adam, maybe I, Adam stopped. Yeah, it. Adam stopped the, the nuclear war, right? They right. didn't actually. They they tried to go in and James Bond it, right? No, no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, he, he stopped it. Okay. Because that was his ability. He had the special ability of being terrible when it came to electronics and everything like that. Oh, that right. was what. That, and she. I appreciated that actually. Now I'm remembering. Well, Anathema knew about it, so he wouldn't have known to do that unless she had told him. So because she had the prophecies, she knew that he had to fix it in order to undo everything. Okay, well, that's pretty big. And I, okay, I'll admit that. <laughs> so they stopped the end of the world. But Mr. Shadwell, didn't do anything. Shadwell was just a jerk. Hi, Nikki. Thanks for liking my shirt. The extra bikers. Oh, the extra bikers that all went smush except yeah. for the last one. Okay. The other so, four horsemen. So while we're talking yeah. about useless characters, let's talk about the extra bikers because that to me was like one of the funniest parts of the book. <laughs> I so, totally agree. Like the, the, oh God, I can't even remember some of the. Cruelty to animals. Cruelty, yeah, all that oh. stuff. It's oh, good. Embarrassing. That don't popular people. <laughs> embarrassing personal stories. Uh, <laughs> That was pretty great. That, see, the, so it yeah. served a function there because it was hilarious. <laughs> and I really liked that. But then they all died, and I was, well, I was actually one. like, I was kind of excited Ooh. to see where that was going. And it didn't go anywhere, and I was like, meh. All right. Well, I guess it was a good joke. Jeff says it in a very eloquent way. I'm going backwards, sorry. Pulsifer and Device proved that the entire thing was already preordained, and the prophecies show that everything was ha everything that was happening was part of the ineffable plan. I get that. Okay, so here's my question there. <laughs> also, the word ineffable is super fun. Here's my question there, and I'm doing a lot of talking. I'm sorry. Um, so if if the if the point is to prove that this is all prophesized and everything's already written and predetermined. Then what's the point, is my question there. Like, if the characters have no influence over their actions, and we don't, they don't, you know, it's all just puppets on a string that's already been determined for them, and the characters aren't actually doing things, then what's the point? Are you asking what is the point of existence in life? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this is... This is, we could One, get to some I really think the answer is 42. 42 is the answer. Two. No, I'm, not, I'm talking about like in terms of storytelling and Okay, but do we know like, that everything was, that was just Jeff's point. Do we know that everything I, I, was, I like Jeff. I'm not I done talking. He, do we know that everything was preordained or do we just know that 
Agnes Nutter had this preview, because those are two different things. Her being able to know what was happening and everything being preordained are not the same thing. So I have a question about, so the Shadwell Agnes thing, and oh. she looked up at the sky and yeah. said you, and. That goes for you too or was something. Was she talking to, was she. She was talking to Shadwell in his dream. Just in his dream, that wasn't like, I don't know. That no, part it happened got... in real life, and then in his dream, he like had a, like an actual like flashback, flashback to yeah. history. But was she envisioning him? Okay. She was talking to stop. him. Okay. Definitely, but I didn't. So I... she was talking to him. I went back and read like what she said when she was being burned alive, and like, or right before, and hmm. I feel like it should have been like heavier. I don't know. I wish I'd written it down, but it... <laughs> it's ineffable. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great thing. Anytime you don't know the answer to anything, <laughs> it's ineffable. It's not asking, and you're just like, yes, it's ineffable. Yeah. Don't question it, or you can question it, but we don't know the answer. Also, I had to look up ineffable like eight times. <laughs> <laughs> Once wasn't enough. It wasn't because I was like, I think I remember what it meant. <laughs> then I had to go back. I've already forgotten what ineffable. Anathema? Who, who was it that told us what Anathema was? Stacy. It means like abhorrent to your belief system. Abhorrent to your belief system. deep. In layman's terms. <laughs> yes? It is against your belief system. <laughs> All right. That's close enough. Okay. Kim had to look it up too. See, you're not alone. We all had to do it. Ineffable. <laughs> well, I added it to my vocabulary, but I'll probably never use it unless I'm talking about good omens. I plan on using it anytime I get put on the spot. <laughs> if someone asks me something and I don't know the answer, I'll be like, you know what? I believe that's ineffable. Even like math, if you're like, oh, no, especially math. That's ineffable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I don't think that. No, that's not it. All right, Jordan Crenshaw says, I think that's what's great about the prophecies is that it shows that those who devoted their life to them proved that path was still fruitful, even though they made their own choices. Well, with the prophecies, I really love the package he got in the end, which those aren't really prophecies, but the notes oh, that yes. were left in there for each person oh, that like, opened it before time, that cracked me up. It was great. I love Yes, that she knew that people were going to peek and she'd be like, hey, I'm going to tell her we'll have you go put this back. That she knew all of those little moments, but that her prophecies were written in such a unique way <laughs> that you didn't know until after the fact. Yeah. Like, it, then it would click into place. I, I mean, do you think that's intentional? She didn't want people to really know the future so much as try to decipher. No, I don't think it was intentional at all. I think that was just the language that she had to use and the way that she interpreted the prophecies that she saw. I thought it was fascinating about like how she had to pick and choose and it was like relevant to her own time or situations like yeah, she could have stopped JFK's assassination, but she was actually more concerned about what was happening over here because at the time, yeah. there was no Dallas. And it makes and sense. I was like, well, that's, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And she's looking out for her own descendants. So, like, that's a priority. I get that. <clears throat> D. Martin Barnes says, plus anathema, if you use her initial, it is a device, as in plot <laughs> device. Uh, hmm. Well done. 
Somebody Googled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Marla asks, what did Anathema and Newt do with the next book of prophecies? Didn't they? They burned it. It right? was implied that they burned them. Yeah. yeah, they definitely didn't look at them. Bonfire. Because that was like a, a rare moment for Newt of being like, hey, maybe we should just not know. Because like, now we're going to hmm. spend the rest of our lives together, even though we just met yesterday. Do you think he counts like her nipples other. every day? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was, I, that was Shadwell. Was that? Yes. Shadwell no. was the nipple Shadwell counter. Shadwell made Newt. Yes. Yeah. No, but like, wasn't he like enforced after? It. No, Newt said he yeah. forgot to because he, he was preoccupied. Right. Oh, okay. Well, I miss. Anyway, I just had this vision of him like nope. looking and like trying not to okay. look. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also got kind of a um, with Anathema and Newt. I got kind of a gatekeeper keymaster thing going on oh. here. Yeah, from, I was, yeah. Because from Ghostbusters. I was like, which is the reference. best movie ever made? It's the best movie ever made. That's 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 not what this discussion's about. Pull back. Another show, Adam. Yeah. Okay. Can we read? Speaking of shows, I know this is we're supposed to be talking about the book, but I will say after having just watched the first episode of Good Omens on Amazon Prime, I am very very pleased that they are using the voice of God as the narrator because otherwise you would miss so much. There's so much that would just be suggested and it really does help connect the dots. And I just- It's Frances McDormand. Props. It's well done. But- Also she a woman and doesn't go. The what? voice of God is not British, which really has bothered me the whole one episode I've seen. <laughs> Did, well, maybe they get to that later. It's possible. I don't know. Maybe. We don't know yet. Yeah. We're not there. We only watched the first episode too. So, uh, you know, it's fun to see the differences between the book and the show. and. Also, they've, they've stayed pretty true to they the They tightened it up a little bit in the show. So, like, you know, because we, we had to go back and figure it out. Because in the show, the nanny and the gardener were yeah. Aziraphale and Crowley. But in the book, they were just little minions. Yeah. And we, we had to we'd be like, wait. That's what, yeah. I had to, I second-guessed myself. And I was like, were they actually them in the book? And I missed that. But I think that was something they altered, right? Yeah. I just assumed I missed a lot. So I just <laughs> No, it was their minions That's in the book, true. and they also okay. had another set of minions after those two, too. Sean says, nice Ghostbusters reference. Gene okay. says, of course, Adam Schwartz has to get in a Ghostbusters okay. comment. Yep. Yeah. I just got my alert set to the word Ghostbusters. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the show so far, so good. We haven't finished it. We've only but started the, uh, it. the credit sequence at the beginning, where they basically show the whole yeah. book... I liked it, but I also thought there were a ton of spoilers in there. But see, I wonder though, would we have, would you have connected those dots if oh, you hadn't read not. the book? So like I saw it and I enjoyed it for those reasons. Like when I saw the little moped and I was like, ah, but no one else would get that yet. So I guess it didn't bug me so much. It's long, it is a long intro. Um. I will say, I think one of my favorite parts of the second half was when, um, what are the demons' names? Haster and and oh uh, yeah, yeah. Liger. Yeah, when they Liger? were when they were no, coming to get Liger is a lion tiger. Crowley, I thought, I thought that was a ton of fun and like how he got looped in the yeah, it was like the a, ansiphone, a chase sequence they in call the phone it. Lines. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a ton of fun. I also had to look up ansiphone. I had to. I I assumed. You had to look it, it up. A, an answering machine. That's what we it's, call it in America. That's what Jay. it sounds like. Answering machine, but we don't an use those anymore, obviously. But. Uh, 
Yeah, no, you don't answer your phone, then it goes to the. <laughs> I just no, that's why like context. Yeah, All right. context was fine. <laughs> uh, but no, that was fun. Ooh, and the water, the spray bottle. Yeah. I don't know the spray bottle of holy, oh, holy water. water. <laughs> Whoa. Well, yeah. it technically wasn't in the spray bottle, but the threat was really good. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, I didn't expect him to melt another demon. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that I, seems pretty blatantly like you're you're in big trouble, man. I mean, he how can you melted one of your cohorts? How can you get in trouble though? Like demons are supposed to be bad. Well, I feel like melting one another is probably frowned upon. Also, like he died. The he, demon died. Well, yeah, because it's holy water. That's like a big no-no. That's just weird to me that they could they can do that. They can die that. like that. Based on everything I watch in movies, like in the past. Um, so. Yeah, that was, a, that was, I'm with Lucas, that was, you know, it's action packed. And it was, you know, stuff was getting done, things were moving, people were like conflicting with each other. Oh, the bookshop burned down. It was like the John Wick moment oh. of the book. <laughs> or the <coughs> Ghostbusters. Oh my gosh, okay. Where they were. Moving, <laughs> moving on. Um, that's true. Yeah, Melissa I got my points notes, out, Yes, the demons never trust each other. That's true. Okay, but trust is one thing, and melt is another. Melt out of existence. There are people that I may not completely trust, but I wouldn't melt them. But you're not a demon. You're not a demon. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've, I've got some notes scribbled down here, but if you want to, like, do you have anything you wanted to oh, talk about? Oh, I'm just about? trying to read. To go back to the characters, there were a lot of relationships in the book that I thought like were really interesting. So like Aziravel and Crowley had a great relationship or a really fascinating relationship. And like they were able to connect through like not wanting the world to end because they liked it too much. But they I feel like they connected before that and I think it raises an interesting point. Is it because everybody has that seed of conflict in them where you're not totally good and you're not totally bad and they all were angels at one point or is it more the fact of they were both there from the beginning and when you're around someone for that long do you just build some sort of companionship like well and it's more than that too they both knew what what the other one loved about earth and like what their passions were and I mean, they were clearly friends, and like they probably fought it, but they were. I love, I love their begrudging friendship. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like at the end where, um, we said, you know, they're going back and forth, and he's like, and you're just enough of a bastard to, yeah. you know, like I, I was yeah. like, oh, because honestly, they, to me, they made the book, like, oh, the, for sure, the, all of their parts, and like, yeah, some of the other sprinkled stuff. I, I wish some of the other parts were more realized to me with Adam, but that's okay. Um, but th that's obviously, that's why they're on the covers, right? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing that I went into the book with sort of a bit of a misconception about, because, you know, I see them on the covers and the Good Omens posters, it's all about David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen? Um, Charlie Sheen. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, and it's all about these two angels, and we get a, a lot of them in the beginning, and then there's a good section of the book where they're just not in. They're not in that part of the book, and and then Aziraphale's reading for most of the first half of the book, and so I was like, where are these people that I'm that I like? So I I wanted more of them, 
Um, but I, uh, so that, that makes me that made me think about this one part at the end, where like Satan is coming, and it's this big moment of earthquake and Aziraphale and Crowley finally decide to go full angel and like get their flaming swords and they're like, let's do this, yeah. and then poof, nothing, and then Mr. Young shows up and he's like, where's my boy? That did take me a second to realize what had happened, like. After it wasn't until after Mr. Young started talking because I was like, "What?" I, first, I thought Mr. Young was Satan. I know. I was like, "He's like, is this a plot twist? What did I miss?" No, and then I had to go back and reread it, and it was fine. But so, so it was either like, "Ooh, Mr. Young is Satan," and then I realized that that wasn't the case either, no. and then I was just kind of disappointed. <laughs> I was like, "This is the moment I've been waiting for." They got full angel. Their wings are out. Their swords are flaming. They're like, "We're gonna fight Satan." Two angels are gonna fight Satan. This is gonna be awesome, and then. And then Adam poofed him right back where he Nothing. came from. I didn't mind Nothing. it. I thought it was cool. I would have liked a little, like a little something. I don't know. I, where oh, would it have gone? It's completely anticlimactic. The end. And the ending of the... Well, yeah, the but a climactic this. point would have been apocalypse. Armageddon. Eh. The A word. What was I thinking about Armageddon? But we didn't get to see the angels fight Satan. But they wouldn't have won. But they could have tried, and then Adam could have pooped him. We could have at least seen, like, part of that battle. And Satan's, like, got him pinned by the throats. He's like, you can't defeat me. And Adam's like, oh, yeah. Okay, but I feel like if that would have happened, you still would have said it was anticlimactic <laughs> because then the battle wasn't fully seen through. Either way, they had no chance of winning, and I was happy that they weren't smooshed. We'll just have to read the sequel, Angels yeah. and Demons. No, stop. That's, No. <laughs> Angels and demons. They did think about writing a sequel. <laughs> Jennifer Spiegelman says, I love that Adam saved the world and then got grounded. <laughs> yes, that is also great. I also love his method of reasoning yeah. when he wants to get out. And his dog, he's like, well, if my dog got out, I would have to chase him. And dog, get out. Oh, my God, chase you. Also, just that he, I'm, I'm confused by, like, all the awareness that he holds as the Antichrist. Like, he knows what's supposed to happen. He knows all of these puzzle pieces, but he's still a child. So, like, all these things, like when he's grounded and he's saying, I'm here forever and ever, I'm never going to get to leave, it's going to take forever, my parents are never going to let me out. And then they're like, well, what about tomorrow? And he's like, cool, yeah, I'll, they'll forget about it by tomorrow. <laughs> like, so he's still a child. But I struggled with wrapping my mind around a child who holds all of this awareness about what the plan is supposed to be and how things are supposed to be and the battle between good and evil if that's what you want to think of them as well, I think they I think they actually did a really good job of portraying his childlike oh, no, I agree with, with that. that and like and he but it was kind of like this there was this moment where like things yeah. Snapped for him, and he was like, "Oh, I can do things." And then, like, he does things, and then he, you know, towards the end, he gets kind of—he's not preachy, but like he—he he gets a little speechy. Well, the way like his powers and like his understanding of them evolve, and like how his plan evolves, I thought was really interesting. Like first, like you know, he was divvying up the world, and he was gonna get rid of all of the rest of the humans and create like only what they needed, and. 
But then he like, starts to scale back and he starts realizing like what's really important to him and like just that you like with the bullies and the other gang, like you can't have like mm. fun if you don't have anyone to like win against. Oh my God, so Aziraphale can't have fun without Crowley and Crowley can't have fun without Aziraphale. Definitely. Here's what the here's what an interesting point for me was, and this is a little bit different, but like Crowley and Aziraphale realized that you know, in the beginning they were trying to influence Adam. Crowley was going to be like, yeah, I'm going to make you be bad, and Aziraphale is going to be like, I'm going to make you be good, and hopefully that will cancel out and we can prevent the apocalypse. But then they had this revelation, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had this revelation that, um, like, we didn't influence him at all. He just grew up a kid. Yeah. And, like, how cool is that? And then they, And then it was over. Well, I think that he needed that. He needed to be truly human, a normal human who's actually influenced by his human friends. That's what saves him, is when he starts going down this dark spiral and is going to create this world of his own design, what stops him and makes him realize what he's doing is his friends. Is he has that moment where they say, well, what if we don't want to do this? And he says, I can make you. And it's that moment where he realizes they're afraid of him. They're going to run. And he realizes he's turning into something else. And he turns back into himself. Does that make sense? It made sense in my head mm -hmm. just now. Okay. Well, and it's no fun if, if they don't have free will. Yeah. Free will. Is they, that the name of the book? It made him uh, have to constantly fight this inner darkness. It was like, yeah, he felt the Armageddon creeping through, but he had to push it back. Could you do that? I don't think I could. Speaking of having to fight like internal darkness, what about dog? Oh, that dog. <laughs> dog. Yeah, dog was was. I love dog. Dog was <laughs> I love dog. Because dog is like he came into the story being this big beast of a hellhound, and uh, and then as the more like dog like he became, he got like he was upset that he had to like he couldn't chase things, that he couldn't do dog things. And I, I thought that was adorable, mm -hmm. just because I love dogs. Well, and he knew that the world was about to end, and it's like, but there's so much fun to be had here, like all the bones and all of the female dogs and, and their bitches cats. In hell. I said it. And the cats, <sighs> yeah. Okay, we have a really, really good question here. Okay, <laughs> who said it? Jennifer Spiegelman asked, and this we haven't talked about it. Why do you think the book is called Good Omens? Hmm. Well, let's clarify first. The book I mean, is actually called Good uh, Omens, The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter, Witch. Is there like a glossary back But here? why is it called that? <laughs> it, it is. You're right. Well, she said it was too long to type. Am I, can I use my scapegoat answer? Sure. It's ineffable? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, they, they, don't answer that. they don't answer that question in the back. They don't answer why it's called that, but I did read that Neil Gaiman wanted it to be called Good Omens, and Terry Pratchett wanted it to be called the rest of it. And that so makes they, sense. So that, they compromised and smushed them together. But did they say why? Well, I think Terry Pratchett's part is pretty obvious, because it is the nice and accurate prophecies of Agnes yes. Letter, which Good Omens... I mean, this is supposed to be about the apocalypse. This is supposed to be about the Antichrist, like bringing down the apocalypse and 
destroying all mankind and the war between heaven and hell and I think the fact that it didn't happen and that like there's so much good in like the Antichrist and and Crowley and I don't know I think that it might have something to do with that are the prophecies themselves the good omens I don't think so they could be I'm not gonna rule it out I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But well, Don Mitchell says her prophecies are the omens, yeah. and since it ends up not happening, I guess the omens were good. Well, that's there's a spoiler right in the title. Then. And David Stein says, <laughs> David Stein says the omen is the story it's slightly based on, so it might have something to do with that. Melissa agrees with me. I already forgot what I said, but thank you. <laughs> Chris says I figured good omens was kind of a joke since there were a lot of real bad omens. I like that. That's also yeah. possible. <laughs> I, maybe they left it that way intentionally so that it's open to your own perception of what it could mean. I don't know. This feels like an English class where the English teachers are like, what do you think the author meant? And they're like, probably nothing. They just wrote a book. Jeff says, how about like the movie The Omen where the kid was bad, but no. in the book Adam is a good omen. Like in The Omen, was it Damien? Didn't they even try to get them to name him Damien in the, mm-hmm. at the beginning? So, for those of you who have seen The Omen, I have not because I don't watch scary movies. Yeah, no, ew. Scary movies are... <laughs> if you're in the, the, the group, the Facebook group, oh my God. you know uh, about our aversion yeah. to scary movies. Yeah, we're all chicken. Sorry. Yeah, we had a long conversation. i got a support group here, Melissa. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug our Facebook group. If y'all aren't... Yes. If you're watching and you're not in the Literally Wasted Lounge, it's a ton of fun. We've got a lot of activity and um, just good conversation about books in general. So I've already um, seen so many great recommendations. Oh, tons. Yeah, so if you're looking for books, it's a good place to, to go and find something. So going back to titles, um, like this one's called Good Omens. And I find that, you know, I, in the books that I have read, which is not a lot, <laughs> uh, they're often, like, authors get really weird with titles, and, like, there are a lot of titles that you're like, why is it? So I'm reading, you know, we're reading the, like ex- the Expanse. Well, I know why it's called Wool. I don't. Sh- but uh, but there's, like, the Expanse books, for example. Like, those have some really sort of bizarre titles yeah. that you're like, you got to look it up. Like, Did it help? Cibola Burn. Did it help when you looked it up? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Maybe this is, one, I mean, this is probably more on the nose than any of those Expanse <laughs> books. But, um. I don't know. I think that's that's an interesting question. Something that I didn't actually think about. I just thought it it's like it's catchy. Good Omens is catchy, and I think Neil Gaiman, you were right in the in the title, and Terry Pratchett, R.I.P. Um, but you know, this this is a very Terry Pratchetty title. See, that's why I think it makes it great. It's a true collaboration yeah. from both authors, and I think that's what makes the title even better. That it's both pieces, and it's reflective upon their writing style but also of the book as a whole yeah <laughs> <laughs> a whole she said a whole um, a whole um okay let's see other topics of discussion that I haven't oh wait got. I'm gonna interject Cody on YouTube has a question he says coming from a guy who's only seen the show did Agnes write a part two of prophecy prophecies as she did in the show if so why did she i'm gonna assume you consider her descendant oh why did she 
considering why her did descendant. she bother oh why did she bother doing it since her descendant burned the book she should have seen it coming that's an interesting point and i wonder since they didn't really open the book what if it was blank that's what i was thinking what if the whole thing was yeah. like a test to be like hey this is where you need to make your own goodwill choice your free will excuse me free will choice are you going to continue to live as a descendant following the prophecies? Or are you going to live your life blindly? So what if it was blank? That's but yes, um, speaking to the book, speaking to the book, yes, she did write a second part. And I don't and know. And they burned it. They Probably. sure did. Well, they there was a fire immediately after yeah. talking about it. Coming from their cottage. Yes. And didn't it the smoke? Wasn't there a thing? Adam saw the smoke when he was like leaving That's garden or like running away from the people who own the apple tree. It'll be nice to read a book that doesn't have a character named Adam in it because it's really confusing me. Do you say that? <laughs> is there not an Adam and Wool? Uh, there is not that I know of. I actually remember, um, <laughs> which is surprising. Um, so here's, here's another thing about like the tone of the book that I want to bring up just in terms of, uh, just to get the discussion going, you know how I like to start fights. Um, so the tone of the book, you know, it's, it's very light, it's humorous, it's got like, you know, that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy style humor in it. Did anybody else have a problem, like, investing in the story because you felt like nobody was taking it, so, like everybody was in on the joke, and then, then you couldn't, like, take it seriously? Because that, that, that was a thing for me, at least in a lot of parts, where I felt like, oh, the characters are, like, in on the joke, so I'm not, like invested in like the stakes because like I don't even feel like they're even invested in the stakes. Does that make sense? Like everybody just kind of seemed like, you know the, the character in Hot Fuzz, it's like, any luck catching nice. them killers then? Like I feel like almost every character was that person in this book. Um, so I don't know, did, any, did anybody else feel that way? It, it's, like, it's like watching the 2016 Ghostbusters um, where, where the characters are very much in on the joke, and so you're like, I don't buy the stakes are real here at all. To Chris Nicholson says, to Adam's point, I definitely felt there was always going to be a happy ending. Yes, you kind of have that expectation from a book, or you hope for it. Everyone obviously wants things to resolve in a pleasant manner, um, but that doesn't stop me from stressing out while I'm reading. <laughs> I'm always because I want everything to turn out great, and I know that sometimes that doesn't happen. Characters get killed off. Things don't go the way that I want. So I'm interested in the process and not just the outcome. So I was invested in it. Um, I know, I think we had a member who, you raised your hand. Was it harder for you to get into it? You, <laughs> no, no, you I, raised I, your I hand. I was scratching my head, I was scratching my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe you felt like the characters weren't taking it seriously because some of the secondary characters didn't realize what the stakes were. Like Newton Pulsifer, I mean, after he talked to Anathema, she was kind of telling him, but... I mean, after he ran into the UFO and then almost hit a Tibetan digging a hole. He was also talking himself like, out of believing that those things actually happened, too. Which, I mean, you kind of have to if you want to, like, keep going. But then also, like... Um, yeah, he was just investigating weird stuff. Mm -hmm. He didn't know that this was the end of the world. Yeah, Shadwell, Madam Tracy, like... We have a yeah, they didn't know. People who just really didn't understand the stakes. I mean, that's true. And Matt, Matt Scalise made a good point in saying that, like, 
you know, there's a lot of humanity in the characters, particularly the angels. Yes, the angels is where I got that the most. I felt like the angels were the least one-dimensional characters, and Adam were the least one-dimensional characters in the book. But I felt like the level between, like, multi-layered and sort of one note was, like, there's, like, sort of binary there. Where you either get, like, really deep characters or you get, like, sort of shallow characters. Okay, but it's and, also and just Newt, one book. Newt, yeah, but there's a lot of pages. Uh, Newt, <laughs> Newt, I see. I feel like Newt has some moments there towards the end where he's he sort of realized his purpose and all that stuff, um, and that you know the moment of like maybe you shouldn't just look at the at the next prophecies was impactful for me. But for the most part, that's what all I'm saying is my as I felt like you had like really deep, interesting characters and then like cartoons. Why me? Yeah, I, I, there were a lot of NPCs. <laughs> if you will to me and like like I was like okay the book is funny and I, I liked the book and it was like I I would probably read it again but it's like, I don't think I'd be that person that like duct taped the front of it and like had it in a binder because it you know I've read it 7,000 times kind of loved it yeah that's that fine sense? that's okay Fair. you don't have to read it 100,000 times okay. Sean Anderson says maybe those one note characters were written in to represent lots of people with those characteristics. So they're supposed to be just like general populace? What? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, the end of the world affects a lot of people, but obviously not everyone's gonna know that it's happening until it's too late. That sounds super scary when you say it out loud. <laughs> it could be happening right now. Stop, Adam! Adam! Earlier. There, was, there was a lot of storms happening earlier. We were hoping the power wasn't going to go out, yeah, which it hasn't. Yet. So that's ineffable. Did and I, I will say props. We had, right? we had a uh, group member say that she was stuck on the tarmac in Birmingham. Yes. Trying, she was like, I want to watch in Atlanta, and I hope I can get there. So, A, I hope you're safe. Uh, B, <laughs> I hope you're watching. If not, you can catch it later. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was cool. Not cool that she was stuck, but you know that she wanted to be a part of us. Grana Lutz says, and I felt like the characters are pieces of a puzzle, and I was very interested in this, the same how they were going to either in the world or save the world. So I was very interested in where they were put in that aspect. Yeah, I was interested in that too. I was. That's what I was looking forward to the most. Even though I was thinking, all right, like just get there, it's kind of one note. I was like, all right, what is their role here? How are they gonna play a part? And um, you know, y'all prove me wrong, you're like, all right, Newton, anathema, stop the nuclear explosions, bombs from going off. Um, oh, no, I forgot. Shadwell, I, you can say all you want about him. I didn't like Shadwell. I'm I could have done without Shadwell. Yeah, I didn't like Shadwell. Um, Cody, Cody says, whatever happened to the third baby? The third baby the third is baby the big bully with the tropical fish. Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Right? With remember. the football career. Gracie Johnson. Yes. He ends up like doing American football or something. Oh, was that? Okay. I missed that reference. Oh, really? Yeah. Aw. Yeah. They just leave you hanging? They just leave you oh, They think the baby disappears? Okay, know. well, rest so assured famous. in the book, <laughs> okay. he's fine. Okay. And that's weird because yeah. he's important in the book. Yeah. He Not plays sure. the part of a bully so that there's conflict. That's really strange. Well, now I know. Virginia, spoiler. you're still in the tarmac? <gasps> what? Oh no, bummer. Sorry, Virginia. Well, at least we'll keep you company. Oh, get no. some get some extra peanuts or those cookie butter cookies. Oh no, the biscotti cookies? Yeah. I yeah. think that's just Delta. Those are so hey, good. 
food. No focus. Um, okay, but, sorry. But yeah, uh, I didn't like. Were there any characters that you just didn't like? Because I'm going Shadwell. 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 Uh, Shadwell. 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 Hi. No, no Shadwell. I love Shadwell. <laughs> you said I love Shadwell. I, I didn't love him, but I didn't dislike him. I thought it was important to have diversity and like he showed a whole different aspect. Someone, he's totally different. And I... I agree with everything you just said, but I didn't like him. <laughs> well, I you don't like diversity, Adam? I didn't, oh, no, that's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love Shadwell's relationship with Madam Tracy. I know. I thought that was so much Yeah, fun. I will I will say as she soon as... cooks for him. Yeah, and like her creepy room with the... With the teddy it's bears and stuff, it's and like it's kind of creepy. In a weird but way. Anyway, but no, I I did like him better. Yeah, once, Jezebel. Once, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was better. Yeah. Aw, I loved it. Who doesn't love a grumpy old crazy man? Well, like the way they end up together. I just thought the whole thing was adorable, and especially like moped. how it started. Yeah. Uh, so Justin Schwartz, my brother, who's sitting right over there, said <laughs> in snapshots. Snapshots, the characters I felt were kind of comical works of art unto themselves. Some of them didn't need a lot of development to be appreciable bits of humanity. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I respect that. Um, Leanne, Thanks, Justin. Leanne says, I didn't like him either, Adam Schwartz. <laughs> Thank you, Leanne, for backing me up. Um, were there any other characters you just didn't like? Okay, someone actually mentioned this earlier. I'm going back to a comment. I forgot. Someone remind me. They said something about the televangelist was really funny. Mm. Okay, I remind me of that part because I remember reading it, but now I'm having trouble. That was one of the parts where Aziraphale was then. was like trans. He was like transferring into a bunch yes. of people. Yes. Okay. When he's body hopping. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And he's like on the film too. Yeah. Like he's live. I did think that part was funny. Yeah, I like that. I like that part. That is funny. Okay, so no, then I like that part. I don't... I like the part where Aziraphale was body hopping. I I wish that I had gotten more of it, like, a big chunk of it, because they, like, would have a, a chapter, and then you would take you somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And then they'd bring you back, and he's still... And I think that was part of why I felt like things just kind of dragged on for so long, is because, like... You go somewhere, he's doing a thing, and you get it. He's body hopping, and he's trying to find out where he's going. You go somewhere else, you get another piece of the story, and you come back, and he basically does the exact same <laughs> thing and gets, like, not much farther. You know what I mean? Um, so in, in that sense, I felt like we were sort of spinning wheels, and it was funny. Uh, there were jokes in there, but, you know, you do it a few times, and all right, but... I Are you saying I like can't make the jo the same joke over and over and over and over again? And a piece of advice, I would say maybe maybe not. Whatever, maybe. I think I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question, though. Speaking of characters, death. He is the fourth. He it is the fourth horse person of the apocalypse. But death isn't evil, right? It's a part of life. So this whole thing in the end, well, this moment where aren't the all other of, three, they're all a part of life though. Well, yeah, but the three they don't have to be. We don't want pollution to be a part of life because it just is. I mean, famine went away, went around like intentionally trying to starve people out. Yeah, like not cool. War, killing people, we get it. Pollution, you're gross. So my <laughs> thing is, those three are defeated. Death is not. You cannot defeat death. 
And so is death really evil? Because that was it comes back into play in the very end where death. Oh God, I'm forgetting what it was. There's something in the very, very end. Death has a moment. Is he like feeding ducks or something? Yeah. Yeah, they're feeding ducks. Something like that. Um, but I, I don't. I, I didn't think. I What's didn't see death as evil. There? But I will say I don't know. But um, I will say that I really like the way death was written. If you read the audiobook or you listened to the audiobook, you didn't see this. <laughs> but um, in the Sorry. in the book, death's dialogue is in all caps and with no quotations, and it's it's just fascinating. I just thought I thought that was a fun part about death. I would like to point out that um, that death or a version of that death is like straight from Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in a almost. He's on, in almost all of the books in the Discworld series. I think all of but two. Um, and he's always the same with the, the way that his voice is portrayed, is, is the all caps, with no quotation marks, because sometimes people know what he's saying without like actually hearing him. So good omens in Discworld take place in the same universe. Well, there's but some... But death is everywhere. She, she's no, you're wrong. Yeah. Let me let me believe. Actually, another Discworld thing that I saw. I was reading another one of his books at this, Terry Pratchett's books at the same time that is about witches, and there's a witch in both books that arms herself with a bread knife, and I read those parts like almost like within the same like week, and I thought that was really interesting that like he borrowed that. Wait, she arms herself with a bread knife and. Yeah, she does, like at the very beginning. And the only reason I noticed it was because I had just read it in, in the other book. A bread knife is better than no knife. Yeah. Especially if you need to spread butter. Huh? We're coming near the end of the stream. <laughs> <laughs> so, a few quick little reminders. We're not totally done, don't freak out. But just a reminder, next month's book, and by that I mean July because it is still June. July's book is Wool. Our dates, our live discussions are on Wednesdays, July... 10th? 10th? 10th and the 24th? Look at the video. We made Look a at video. the calendar. We made a calendar. Video and the website. Yeah, I've it's everywhere. 10th and the 24th, okay. yeah. The second and fourth Wednesday of July, we will be discussing Wool. Well, the first one we'll, we're discussing, oh my gosh, this Up is going haywire. 40. Up to chapter 40. If you have not gotten a copy yet and you have a second in Charles close to you, you can go there, tell them you're in our book club, and you'll get 20% off. If you are not close to a second in Charles, I'm sorry. So. But still join in. Yes. Yeah, Do it anyways. You can find it somewhere else. Join us. We'll talk about it. Another thing is someone who has participated in this live stream, if you're watching and you haven't made a comment yet, hurry up and comment. Also, don't spam us. You only need to make one comment. That's enough. All of you here. Yes. Yeah. So everybody, friends. make at least one comment being like, I'm in the book club or whatever. Or and I am aware that this is not a box, but we're going to put it in a box. And then it will be the mostly mystery box. And there's a bunch of goodies in here, including... Next month's what? book. What? What? Crazy. And I can't. Oh, oh, wait. A new bookmark. <laughs> Look. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah. It's shiny. There's our faces on it. Cool. And there's a sticker. Wait. And a sticker. And some other stuff. That's well, going to be a surprise. 
because that's why it's called a mostly mystery box. Um, but it does but, have a value of over $150. Actually, just the special item we put in here has a value of $150. So if you include all the other stuff, this whole mystery bag box is worth probably $200 or more. It's ineffable. So, that's not how you use that word. Either right. way, it's exciting, and who doesn't love presents? So, so further thoughts on Good Omens. Yes. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Honestly, I'm excited to read it again and catch all the things that I know I missed the first time because I was in a hurry to read it. That's what I think I need to do. And I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to do it right away because we got more, we got more books to read. But I think that on a, on a second reading, I will get much, much more out of the book now that I'm like, I know how the style is. I know what they're doing. And I can, you know, I've read all the footnotes, so I can be like, hey, yeah, I get it. I don't have to go back and read the footnotes. Um, Those did fade out towards as you progressed into the book. They did. Would um, you read it again, Lucas? Um, <laughs> yes, but as you have maybe all seen in the group, <laughs> I am a slow reader. Um, so one day, but uh, I am looking forward to Wool. Mm -hmm. um, I do think now that I know the formula and just understand how it's written, I think, like Adam said, I'll, I'll pick up a lot more second time around and I probably will enjoy it more that that second time I just I just need to be British yeah just work on that just I'll just but I did I did enjoy once I could get the humor I did enjoy laughing with the book I you know a lot of the books that we've been reading lately are I would call them dramas or like you know sci-fi dramas it's a space drama space dramas yeah. and things like that so reading a comedy was nice um, wool is definitely not a comedy um, but I think I think you'll like it, and if you don't, we'll talk about it. And, you know, maybe <laughs> Matt it... says I don't have a ton of confidence in my ability to finish well in time. Matt, believe in yourself and start now. And also, just don't go into work. <laughs> just stay home and read. Everybody needs there a sick day now and then. To. It's fine. But listen, if you don't finish yes. it, that's fine. You can still join and hang out with us. There might be some of us that don't finish it. So. And I missed it. I'm sorry. I, I. It scrolled up really fast. Someone mentioned having a live discussion uh, to talk about the show. Put a pin in that. We may we'll have see. talked about that. At the very least, we can talk about it in the group, the Literarily Wasted Lounge. It's on Facebook if you're not a member. Um, at the very least, we can talk about it in the group, but not yet because I haven't finished watching it. Sean says he's starting well after the discussion, like right afterwards. I'll probably have to do that too. We got to eat first. It's a big book. It's a big book. Um, but yeah, final thoughts on Good Omens. What about yeah. anybody, somebody oh, yeah. shout out. Peanut Gallery. You love, you love Good thoughts? Omens? Who love Good Omens? Round of applause. So you can't see, but that's mostly everybody. <laughs> yeah, Raise your awesome. hand if you didn't clap. Okay. See, no one, that's, they're all scared to do it. Nobody can see it. <laughs> um, yeah, you can't see it, but there's literally five million people Yes. They all loved Good Omens. Um, so yeah, this is a good first book. And congratulations to everybody. We made it to the first month. This is the first book on the Literarily Wasted. We did it. We all finished the book. We're here talking about it. The live stream didn't cut out or anything. So. It was Yay! a little odd. Look, it was ugly on the front end. That was all me. I got I got flabbergasted because uh, I think, Lucas. I We're think all of a sudden we, we had like 10 people just like come all of a sudden. I was like, oh, look at all these people. <laughs> well, there were more than 10 to start, but then there were, you know, 
So I hope you'll million. Five thousand million. I hope you'll all stick around for future months. This is a lot of fun and we're just gonna get even more fun. Like we said on the last one, we're gonna be constantly improving, evolving, more things, more interactive things, be in the Facebook group, talk also, to us. It's a club, which means members. Y'all are valid, your opinions matter. So please give us feedback. If there's things that we can add to the club to make it a more fulfilling or fun experience, let us know. We might not be able to do it, but we can try. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> also, and this is also important, spread the word. Yeah. Um, we, wanna, we want this to be, we want the literarily wasted army to be all about <laughs> books. Um, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna take over the world, but we need your help the to do it. Yes, that sounds so weird. We're going to take over the world. Yes. <laughs> Literarily wasted. It's really hard to chant. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try that. You can do but, it with uh, fam. But yeah, spread let the word. If you're, in a, if, you're, if you're in any other in any other book communities or book clubs or, you know, you like to hang out at your local bookstore, tell everybody. Tell everybody you know. Tell your friends to join the book club. It's a lot of fun. Yep. And uh, if they join, they can also win cool prizes. Yep. Yeah. Because we, we do plan on doing a giveaway every month. So yep. for the final live stream of every month, this isn't just So don't be, be disappointed time. if you don't win this time because yeah. you might win next time so, or the time after that. Yeah, or or the at the, at the end of every that. month, we're gonna give something away and it might be really expensive. So you could get it for free. Yeah, who doesn't love that? Who no doesn't? one. Is that our time? I think so. I we think are don't eight. forget to follow us on Facebook yes. and okay. subscribe to us on, you, Sub you do that because they, they like you better than me. <laughs> That's not true. Everybody give Lucas a hug. <laughs> um, subscribe on YouTube. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. That's a really good song. Twitter at us <laughs> on Twitter. Our Twitters, we're getting there. I think we have like hey, 20 something. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, if you didn't see it. Super exciting. So next month we're reading Wool by we Hugh Howie. We, we. <laughs> I haven't had dinner yet, but I have been drinking. We are reading Wool by Hugh Howie next month. And we announced that. And guess who tweeted at us about it? Hugh Howie. From his boat. From his boat near Australia, because he's sailing around the world. And he said, if I can help in, or be involved in any way, let me know. I haven't let them know yet how to do that, but I'm gonna, and that's super awesome. Yes. So this dude might talk to us about his own book. From his boat. So there are From bunch his of, boat. There are a bunch of people in the comments saying, we need OG member t-shirts. T-shirts, well, do we have some news on t-shirts? Are we, are we getting t-shirts made? We're working on it. We're, we're working, working on it. It's, it's, yeah. it's a thing that might be happening. Go, remember it and hold it in the back of your brain. <laughs> yeah. We're so, working on it. So hold your breath. Yeah. Don't. That, that's that bad. That don't hold the, your breath. The opposite of is don't hold your breath. Don't. Hold your breath because we might have some t-shirts coming. <laughs> but also, also I need y'all to know, I desperately, after that, I tweeted at Neil Gaiman like a bunch and was like, hey, we're talking about your book, Good Woman. <laughs> but to be fair, he's got his hands full promoting his show and that's like a big deal and okay. Well, but he, like, he liked one he of our did. Posts or he liked something. one of our posts on Instagram, and we all had a moment where we were like, <laughs> So, you know. So one day we'll all have a concerted effort to like bombard the authors of the books, and we'll, we'll get them to notice us. Because who doesn't love to be annoyed? J.K. Rowling. All right. Well, I think that does it for us tonight. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining us.
Yeah. All of us. Everybody. Yay. Yay. <laughs> we did it. Now let's start a new one tomorrow. Y'all <laughs> right. go get lit. Let's get lit. Let's get lit. If you're not already. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>